0: Each week here on the show, I create a new piece of music to use as a bed for the intro and as a transition between segments. I try and make the song reflect the show's topic or our guest. Now, modesty will probably prevent today's guest from agreeing with this, but the gentleman on deck here is loaded, 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 I tells ya, with Gravitas. He's been covering the world of sports collecting for almost two decades. He's been to as many, if not more, card shows than the average bear. He has an overflowing wellspring of knowledge about card collecting and, you know, actual real life sports. He's chill and he's funny, but the chillness and the funniness do not in any way diminish his hobby gravitas. Matter of fact, those qualities actually take his gravitas next level. And that is why it's time to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. Rich Miller, the founder and editor of Sports Collectors Daily, you and I are old enough to have been writing and recording and being journalists and media guys before it was called content, am I correct? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I think that's fair to say. I I, I, I am old enough to remember uh, reel-to-reel tape recorders and Ooh. giant video cassettes and beta machines and all that kind of good stuff, so. Complete digression here.
0: Um, I, I became a musician in high school because I, I, I was part of the AV club, right? And the the big old thing was the reel to reel. That we had these enormous reel to reel decks that you needed like three people to carry them around. Does that does that ring a bell, Rich?
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes. I I remember still doing uh, when I were, I was in radio, TV, film in college, and I remember uh, cutting all kinds of uh, demo tapes and things like that on the old reel to reel and the tape breaking mm-hmm. and you have to splice it together. Oh, it was a lot of fun.
0: Let's go way back to when when Sports Collectors Daily first premiered. When did it drop? What was the first year?
1: It's kind of interesting because the first uh, month that I started this back in July of 2006 was mm-hmm. the first last time that the national sports collectors convention was in on the west coast um you know reggie bush and uh, matt leinart were the big hot things in college football <laughs> and it's uh, so and barry bonds was hitting a lot of home runs so that was yeah it, it's been 16 years so it's um uh, the summer of 2006 was when I got it off the ground, and uh, it was kind of one of those things where I hastily made a trip out to the show to try and get the word out a little bit. And of course, nobody knew who I was or what I was doing, mm-hmm, but the reception mm-hmm. was luckily pretty positive, so I, I was a little bit encouraged by that and kept doing it. Now, what kind of content,
0: and it wasn't content yet, but what kind of stuff was out there on the landscape, on the hobby landscape in terms of news and ways to communicate with other hobbyists and ways for uh, card companies and dealers and auction houses to get the word out there about their wares?
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, we had forums, we've had online forums, you know, in some form or another since the 90s, but, um, you know, it was still pretty rudimentary. I mean, in terms of um, just communication was strictly, you know, pretty much email, you know, there were no, obviously no podcasts at that point and no, no YouTube. I remember in fact, on one of those early trips, I remember reading a USA Today story and they were asking people, you know, which of these two new uh, concepts have the most long-term potential. And I don't remember what the second one was, but the first one was YouTube. (laughs) And there was some speculation that, well, what, you know, is this really going to be a big thing or not? But um, yeah, it, it, it was, I I think in a lot of ways it was it was kind of a big transit transitory period between print and digital, you know, which is kind of one Mm -hmm. of the reasons why I started this, because, you know, there just wasn't a lot of. I could see kind of that's where the future was was going to be, was on the digital side. And, and you know, the, the web is where people were going to publish. You know, it wasn't going to be, um, you know, print so much anymore. New uh, magazines were starting to die off and newspapers were starting to have, you know, quite a bit of trouble and, and things like that. And not, we were obviously really specialized, but um, there wasn't really a daily online news source for for the hobby. And so I thought, well, you know, why can't I be that guy? So, um, I started it and, and, uh, kept at it and it took a while to kind of get going, um, to, to in terms of, you know, monetary support and things like that. And luckily mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. attract advertisers and it, it became what I kind of envisioned way back uh, before I launched it.
0: Now you said there was, was no daily source, um, online, right? Did the hobby at that point have a consistent online presence?
1: No, not really. I mean, you you know, the, the bigger entities were online, but it wasn't, you know, the, there was nobody really treating it like, you know, we need to publish every day to keep people engaged. It was kind of like, well... well. The focus is still on the print side, but you know when we have time, we'll do the we'll do the the web. Um, and I knew it it wouldn't it couldn't be that way for much longer. And there were people that were demanding stuff on the web. It's, it's it was taking over at that point. That you know people had phones that could do a lot of things, nothing like we have today. But um, yep. it was everything was moving that way. It was pretty obvious if you were paying attention. So that's kind of um, you know what I saw and coming and and wanted to get in on the on the ground floor of it.
0: Was there? A, a, a daily is a heavy lift, right? Um, and you've been doing it for geez, almost twenty years, through, coming up on twenty years now. It's crazy. Um, was there enough news at that point in two thousand and six, seven, eight, nine, etc., to justify to merit your time in 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 this endeavor? Like, was there, or or were you trying to just dig, 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 so you could like fill up space?
1: Well, it you know it, when I started out the the vision was kind of just, you know, let's sort of do a real short little daily digest and, you know, if mm-hmm. I have to write about um, you know, the new card sets or big auctions or whatever, I'll I'll, I'll throw that out there but you know the rest i'll just kind of fill in with little nuggets i pick up here and there from you know sometimes a media outlet a television station or whatever in in missouri would do a story on the hobby and nobody would see it except the people that lived in missouri or if you just you know because the web search wasn't quite what it is today um and so you know people weren't that much into you know googling for stuff so um you know I, i did I did, you know, kind of break away from that and we started to do a lot of our own stuff, but it, you know, that was kind of the, the early stage of it was kind of gathering all those little things, all those little nuggets that would happen and that would pop up in newspapers and television, right, wherever they were all over the country. And I'd kind of blend that in with the, the latest upper deck basketball set or or a, a yeah. big auction, you know, Leland's at a big auction or whatever, and we'd report on the results of that or the, you know, the preparation of it or whatever. Um, and I did some features, you know, and that's one of the things I did at that national. Back in 2006, as I did some some features um, with some other uh, dealer there that made his his. Point to sell only cards that were a dime or a quarter or a dollar, but he was doing yeah. really well. You know, he, that's all he sold with these with these dollar box cards. And so we did something on that, and I did a couple other things too. And and the goal, of course, was to expand on that and to do some more um, uh, features and things that hadn't been done before. And I did that. I, I was was not doing this full time at that point, so I didn't have time to sit there every day and and try to come up with those types of stories. But there were all kinds of things out there that could be done. It was just a massive to find time to do it and uh so and then as things went on a little bit further you know i i think uh we saw more uh uh, more ways to acquire content just through um, kind of digging around online a little, a little deeper and then, and enterprising some things. And then I got some help from some people that came on board um, just as a, you know, on freelance, on a freelance basis. And um, mm-hmm. so then it kind of evolved into us doing a lot more original content and, and just the hobby itself growing to the point where there was, you know people were understanding that you know if they wanted to start a new product or they were putting a new card set out or they were doing a uh, major auction that they needed publicity so they, they you know kind of found me and and, uh, and that's how it sort of grew
0: how long did it take to get uh an organic following you know we're, we're, are we looking at a month six months 12 months before people started realizing hey this is like a single source place where i can get all of this stuff nobody else is doing it how long did it take before it it, it, it caught
1: well honestly it's still going on um <laughs> looking to get more more people to find it and, and luckily the nationals good for that because we we carry a lot of stories on the national we don't take a break you know typically I don't produce stories you know, that, that appear on the website. Over the weekend, mm-hmm. first Monday really for us is Sunday. We'll start posting some things, but like everybody else, I need a break um, during the week. So we, you know, fr- from Friday to to Sunday morning is is kind of our off time. But not during the national, we always try to produce you know additional stories and that throughout the throughout the week. But it really took, um, you know, I I, I think maybe honestly three or four years really to where, wow. you know, we'd, we, I, I'd be online and people would reference the site or or they'd, um, you know, we started getting links, as, you know, cause I was a little aggressive early on and letting people know about it. I'd pop into forums and that's probably not real uh, great etiquette today or back then it was kind of, but I, I tried to, you know, be subtle about it and let people know that maybe we had yeah. an answer to one of our stories to a question that somebody asked. So I'd link to our, to our uh, story and, and that got us, you know, a lot of people f- figuring out that we existed and, and they'd find us that way. And then I was, you know, I'd go to all the, the, the big, big shows and I'd, I'd talk to some of the, the dealers there and, and, you know, they kind of got the word out. And, um, and then sometimes, you know, we, we, our, our content was indexed obviously through Google. And when people were looking for information back then, you know, there wasn't really a lot of competition, you know, from other mm-hmm. blogs that were being posted or, you know, video didn't, wasn't really a thing. So, um, Um, They'd find our stories that way. And that still today is really how our traffic has grown more than anything is just through Google search, you know, because there's uh, right now, I think there's close to 17,000 stories in our archive. Um, Not all of them are in the top, you know, on the top page of Google, but a lot of them are. And so when people go looking for information, a lot of times they'll find one of our stories and whether they're a collector, you know, maybe they'll, say, Hey, this is pretty cool. I, I, I like you know, all reading all these stories and there's tons of stuff to look up. And, uh, he's got the latest eBay, you know, hottest cards there. That's kind of fun to look at. And so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll find us that way. But a lot of times too, it's people that just, you know, have something that's been handed down to them and they want to mm-hmm. know what it's worth or whatever. And they'll find uh, a story that's been done. So, um, it's just it's a lot of organic uh, traffic you know and, and that that's still today is our biggest source of, of traffic is just the Google searches um, because the breadth and the depth of the content is so so large that yeah it, we're, we're we're what they call a long tail site. If you talk to a search engine optimization person, they, they, a long tail website means that you know you may not rank number one for sports memorabilia, but if somebody's looking for you know 1914 Cracker Jack baseball card information, they're going to find one of our stories probably more you know more likely than not. And there's obviously a zillion different topics along those lines. Whether you're talking current cards, modern cards, game used, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the chances are that there is an article and probably five, 10, 15, 20, 30 articles, you know, or more on that topic, um, just because I've been around for so long doing this. Um, yeah. you know, For the T206 Wagner, I don't know if we're on the first page of Google for not for T206 Wagner, we may not be, but if you look in our search engine, uh, our own search engine on our site, you type in T206 Wagner, you're gonna get hundreds of stories that I've written sales of Wagner's and discoveries of Wagner's and analysis of T two hundred six backs and you know everything under the sun. So um, that's just kind of the the depth of it, and uh, and that's where a lot of the, the story count comes from.
0: I should note that we're recording this um, the weekend or the week, excuse me, after the twenty twenty two National Sports Collectors Convention, which Rich and I both were not able to make, unfortunately. Sound like it was a great time though. Um, General question, the hobby, as we both know as everybody knows, is evolving constantly there's always it seems like you know every two months every six months, something new hits right and be it nfts or just all kinds of crazy stuff um, that all being the case, sports collectors daily has had to change to 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 fit the times um, and that means the readers are also looking at it from a different perspective too so since the beginning since 2006 07 08 etc how has the response from the ever-growing readership changed do you get notes from the readers are you seeing more passion and knowledge from the collectors are there newcomers coming to advice uh what kind of how have the changes in the hobby been reflected in what you're seeing in the in the content landscape of the hobby
1: yeah it, it's a lot of people that are seeing a story about uh you know, whether it may not be on our side, they may see it on another national, uh, you know, USA Today or somebody else's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. battle card, you know, but in, in, inevitably they go a little bit deeper and then they look for somebody that's got information on, on something else that they have in their attic. Um, or maybe I wrote something about a Jackie Robinson photo and they've got a Jackie Robinson photo. So they want to find out what it's worth. Um, so, yeah, seeing a lot of that, um, just people emailing questions about what they've got. Um, I think there's also, you know, one of the things is that (laughs) I'm getting in, I'm getting emails every day from people that are not people, but companies that are, you know, on the periphery of, of this hobby, trying to, uh, you know, gain a foothold. And and there's, there's just a lot of different uh, brand new concepts, startups um, that are entering the space in one way or another and they're all looking to get the word out or they're asking a question, um, so it's yeah it's it's definitely gotten a lot busier um, just the behind the scenes uh, to handle all that kind of stuff uh, that comes into me i try to be polite and respond to everybody it's not always possible but um, if it's something that i can answer without a tremendous amount of, of, of time <laughs> um, you know i, I try to, to respond to it because i feel like i have responsibility a little bit to that and and you know if somebody's going to take time to read one of our stories or find me as a you know a source for information and the least I can do is, is, you know, run off a quick you know, one or two sentence reply to them, and, and uh, so it, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's just gotten so uh, so much bigger than it was even two or three years ago. From that standpoint, um, that's probably the biggest change that I've seen in terms of the content. Um, it's the, yeah, it's resulted in more content, obviously, because there's. Different things going on every day. We have auction houses sure. used to do maybe four auctions a year that are now doing sizable auctions every month with, yep. with, with uh, stuff that winds up, you know, kind of being interesting because it's maybe something nobody's seen before, or it's a record price for this card or whatever. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's grown exponentially um, for us too.
0: Have you noticed since the beginning till now, uh, you say you get, you get emails every day from people mostly asking, it sounds like, about their own personal collections, which I you know, obviously respect. It's hard to find uh, an impartial, knowledgeable observer to answer these sorts of questions. Um, but are you finding uh, the, the proportion from questions to subscribers has that grown or has it stayed about the same?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's definitely reflected in our you know the email subscribe. We, we can come to our website any day and, and read whatever you want. It's all free. And a lot of people do that or they'll come once yeah. a week. But um, we also have an option where you can enter your email address on the site and, and the headlines that we have every day will come to you automatically in your email. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. decide what to read or that way you don't have to worry about, you know, every day checking the website because the headlines come to you. It's just like any newspaper that does that now too. Um, so yeah, it's definitely impacted our subscriber base. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people will sign up because they think it's something different and they'll unsubscribe, but, uh, um, you know, but we also have a lot of people that have discovered it that way. Um, that that's the easiest way to engage with it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think the more traffic that you bring in always leads to more people who are willing to be a little more committed and subscribe to something like that. And there I you go. appreciate that, you know, that they're willing to have that they like what they see when they come and they're willing to um, say, Hey, yeah, you can send me an email every day. Uh, we make it easy for them. If they don't <laughs> want to subscribe, all they got to do is just click a button and you can get off it. So, um, it's, uh, it's it's definitely growth. Um, probably not our our biggest growth. Our biggest growth has been in organic traffic, but we're definitely seeing a lot more people. That, and I'm sure the auction houses and card companies are seeing the same thing. Or whoever you know you are in this in this business, it, you know it, people are looking for information. They're looking for um, you know things that they like and that they think that they'd like to engage with on a regular basis because let's face it we don't all have you know our, we're not not everybody's in this full time some people are just you know yep. there's collectors and they got five hours a week to devote to the hobby or whatever um or they're just curious you know and they're wanting to get into it but they're not really sure they want to learn more uh before they really jump in with both feet so um you yeah, that, that's one of the ways that they do it is to engage with brands that they feel comfortable with and mm-hmm. and they want to uh you know continue to to get what they need from that brand to to broaden their knowledge base so I guess we're playing a small part in that Uh, I
0: know that um, whenever I produce any content, uh, be it a podcast or an article, et cetera, there is a pretty darn good chance that I'm going to get a comment on it. So I'd say maybe 50-50, like 50% you're crushing it, 50% eh. Um, Do you get suggestions from subscribers, because I know I do, uh, about ways to cover and things to cover?
1: Not really. Um, I, I think hopefully there's a respect there, and they understand, you know, the way that uh, that we do things, and that we're kind of a daily newspaper for the industry, and, and that I've been doing this a long time, and hopefully I'm qualified to do it. So they don't. Uh, <laughs> but we, we get story ideas, you know, and, and we get uh, people emailing, uh, you know, asking about uh, would this make a good story, or uh, have you ever written anything about this set? Because I'm really interested in this set, and I'd like to learn mm. more, <clears throat> you know excuse me a lot of you know we'll get a lot of that um, from people uh i i don't uh we, we do have facebook uh our facebook page has a, a lot of uh, fans i think we're 90 some thousand fans but so so the interaction there is pretty pretty varied and <laughs> wide-ranging you have a lot of really avid collectors there who are very knowledgeable and they're quick to correct something that maybe isn't 100% if they, if they specialize in something, they say, well, you know, that's not quite right, uh, which is fine. You know, I, I want to make sure that we're accurate and sometimes we'll have to, you know, I'll, I'll double check and we'll change something. But we also hear from, you know, novices on that platform that, you know, are making you know, their own opinions and comments about um, different um uh, mm-hmm sets or or whatever, so it's a really uh, (laughs) wide-ranging content uh, reaction uh, that we get.
0: How do you get your news? Like, let's say someone wanted to do something similar. How, do, how have you made the connections to, you know, get a press release from, from a company or just, tra, you know, get track? Like, very stuff that to us is, is basic, but stuff to someone that's just starting out in the industry, they don't know how to do it. At some point, we didn't know how to do that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad I started this in 2006 and I'm not starting it now. It was was a lot less uh, competition for your eyeballs, whether it's, you know, I'm amazed at the amount of YouTube uh, views that some people get. Some of the more popular YouTubers get a lot of, a lot of views and, and uh, you know, they're obviously uh, cranking out content that people are interested in, or at least they're finding it that way. So uh, that's, the, the good thing for me is, is just that I started when I did because it, it's such a crowded landscape. Now you have not mm-hmm. only the YouTubers, but you have podcasters and you have, when I started, I think there was maybe one or two people that were doing uh, sports card blogs. And it was, it was, you know, they'd posted something maybe every couple of weeks or once a week um, at the most. And so, um, but now it's, it's everywhere all the time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how you engage with what's being posted online, or if you're a podcast lover and you listen to a lot of podcasts, it's competition for eyeballs and earbuds and and everything else. So you know, but in terms of us, you know, trying to to get content or find content, it's it's not difficult, but it's a matter of presenting that content in a way that means something to people. Um, you know, I, I try to be the person that kind of puts it all in perspective, um, because I, you know, I've been around a while and, and I, it's kind of my role as a journalist, I think to, to kind of be that daily newspaper and filter through the opinion type stuff. And, and just, you know, I, I don't do a lot of hot takes. We, it's not, that's not our thing, but, uh, wow. it, it, finding stuff is, 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 you know, a lot of times it's, it's just, uh, we'll get just in terms of, um, like we'll have a story and by the time this year is it may be up, but there was an amazing discovery. There's always a, a story of the year at the national. And there was an mm-hmm. amazing walk-in find of T two Oh six cards and other pre war cards. I mean, you you will not believe the scope and the breadth of this thing that was just in this one family for all these years. a, a guy collected for, Fifty years or whatever, and he had T two hundred sixes, thousands of them. None of them in sleeves. None of them in great. You know, have been graded. Um, mm-hmm. It's the most mind-boggling. One of the most mind-boggling collections I've ever seen. And, and we're going to do a story on that. And that's just something I found. By looking online at at uh, Golden Auction or Ken Gold's Instagram uh, account, but um, you know that, that's just one way. You know, sometimes it'll be I'll, I'll see something that, uh, like I said, you know, may have appeared in a in a newspaper in Wichita, Kansas, or whatever. And I think well, you know. <laughs> it's kind of a broad scope story, but, you know, from hobby standpoint, you know, this guy that had this collection for many, many years that had a really special card in it. And there's a great about it. so we'll do our own version of that story and we'll get a hold of them and, and, and do that. Um, and a lot of it is just basically, um, you know, paying attention, looking online. Uh, and there's so many different outlets. Like I mentioned, you know, there's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it just, I have to kind of stay engaged with a lot of that to come up with some, um, with some of the things that we post and let's face it, people don't have you know, fifty, sixty hours a week to 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 sort through all of this massive no. amount that's out there right now. So part of my job is kind of to go and 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 seek that out and put it into perspective and put it into a form that people can consume more easily than having to engage with a thousand people on Instagram and a thousand people on Facebook and a thousand people on Twitter and, and a thousand people that are doing blogs. It's 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 um, you know I kind of gotta be the gatekeeper I guess for and put it into like I said put it into a situation where people can consume it more easily um and just kind of be aware of that. But you know we'll do our own enterprise things from that. Um you know we'll find stories that I think people would be interested in and so I'll have one of our freelancers do it, or I'll do it. Um, and it takes time. It's it's not an easy process. You know, every day is a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do stories, you know, previewing card sets. We do stories on, you know, like Julio Rodriguez, obviously, is one of the hot prospects. So we'll kind of sure. with his hottest cards at auction and we'll kind of give a Quick overview of some of the most popular cards that he has right now. Uh, more to come, um, obviously. And and we'll do stories on, uh, you know, obviously we've got a ton of record setting sales that have happened. And, you know, the Mickey Mantle uh, SGC 9.5 that's out there, that was a big story. And, and SGC has obviously done a lot of, you know, the company's been busy. And since they launched just, you know, a year and a half ago and, and putting, um, you know, millions of cards into, into sleeves already, you know, that's a story. Itself is this, you know, this young company that's uh, making a mark, and thanks and so, for the plug. <laughs> yeah, I, I said SGC, and I said I got to cover, I got to cover myself, and I got to mention you guys. But no, it's it's you know everybody knows there's there's the major grading companies, and they've had so much business. Um, you know, ridiculous. It, people want to know what's going on with the backlogs. Uh, that's been a big story over the last year, year and a half now, hopefully kind of getting out of that. So, um, it, it's, there's a million different, uh, we don't lack for content, put it that way. There's always something to do and there's always something going on, which is, uh, it's a lot different than it was even five years ago. I didn't, I won't say we struggled for content, but, uh, you know, some days were better than others. You know, some days are diamonds and some days are stones in the, in the, in the news industry. And then you got to find, uh, ways to to uh, cover the days that are not so good so um it's uh but it, but now these days it's it's very seldom that we really struggle to do and we'll do a lot of just fun features and things on 90s basketball cards or whatever just because yep. it's a hobby you know people want it, it fun stories to read and you know they want to get away from the difficult uh things that they have to read sometimes on uh, you know what's, what's going on in our daily lives and uh, yeah. economic things and, and stuff like that
0: I know as a content creator uh, and this uh, is everything from podcasts to articles to books, um, my wheelhouse is sports, pop culture, music, etc. And you know, I'll, I'll sometimes think, "Oh, I'm not I'm not curing cancer here. I'm just writing about music, sports, and pop culture." But my philosophy on it is that if I can make like one person or a handful of people, if I can make their day a little bit better, I, I win, right? It's it's my job is is just great. Going back to what you were saying about the T two hundred six is at uh, national. Uh, my thirteen year old cousin was there. And he bought it. It was like it looked like it was a T206 card that looked like it had been through like 800 washing machines. Uh, it was dirt cheap, ungraded, it was a mess. But he just wanted to have a T206. He showed it to me. Uh, I was just like, it's a piece of paper that might be a T206. I don't know, but. It was, it, it, it was, and it was cool and a uh, bully for him. Uh, question for you now, you are super well-respected in, in, in this hobby. Every time your name comes up, everybody has nothing but great things to say about it, which means people trust you, right? So do you get scoops? Do you hear news off the record, amazing news that you got to sit on, that you got to keep to yourself?
1: Oh, at times, yeah. Um, or I'll hear something and, you know, they say this is going to happen, but, you know, I don't want you to say anything about it now. I just want to give you a heads up that this is going mm-hmm. on. You, you know, when it hits, we're ready to go. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm finding kind of lately too that uh, uh, some of the bigger companies, you know, they they have public relations agents now and they have people that are, um, you know, and the public relations agencies tend to be a little bit, uh tight-lipped about things and they don't mm-hmm. want uh it's it's the the one of one the one-on-one inter- interactions have gone down a little bit in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that, um, I think, you know, they're, they're first of all, they're so busy, you know, there, there's so much going on and things behind the scenes. So, um, they kind of tend to keep things close to the vest cause there's more competition. Um, and, and I know that's kind of vague, but there's a lot of different companies and I'm trying to, trying to cover everything here from, you know, auction companies to, uh, you know, card companies or just business people or people that, that have jobs that have been in the industry for a long long time that, that have jobs but they you know I'm, I know that I'm acquainted with them and they've been in, in touch with me in the past but um, yeah it, it happens sometimes that we we get those things we kind of have to be uh, sort of sit on a little bit but um, for the most part now it's it's kind of uh, uh you know if, if a company wants to make a big splash they'll just keep it all in-house and then they'll they'll announce it broadly all at once. But it is nice sometimes when we get those little scoops and uh, find out what's happening. Um, and we're able to break that story and let people know um, that this incredible new card has been uncovered that's been in a family's attic for 100 years um, or things like that. <laughs> it's always fun to, to get those get those stories and put them out there before anybody else.
0: For what it's worth, Rich and I are both content creators and he has never once spilled uh, spilled some beans that he shouldn't have spilled. So if you are out there and you feel like you need to unburden yourself of a fancy story, Rich might be the guy to do it with. Um, Hey, question, you are a collector first and foremost, That's how you got into this thing obviously. Has doing this website, has doing this newsletter, has being privy to all of this great information impacted the way you collect? And before you answer that, I know you and I have had many a conversation about big sales that are just straight up scary to us. you <laughs> know we could have bought a house with that money, you know and and you are you and I are of the similar mindset that you know we're we're more conservative in our um in our collecting, but has doing all of this has being elbow deep in the news impacted the way you you look at cards, you buy cards, you sell cards, you trade cards
1: well you you'd think that somebody that writes about this stuff every day and has for the last 16 years would have spotted all kinds of these trends and been buying all the right stuff, (laughs) (laughs) multi-million dollar collection and be talking to you from the pool area of my $20 million estate on the French Riviera. But unfortunately, I'm sitting here in Evansville, Indiana in my small card room that I have (laughs) So that tells you, tells you, uh, I missed the boat, uh, and didn't take my own advice. I used to write about stories, you know, cards that were undervalued. And I always said the 51 Bowman, Mickey Mantle and Jackie Robinson's cards were undervalued. And we, I don't make a huge, you know, I don't do a lot of those types of stories, but I, you know, you can kind of see trends happening and we, you know, at, at times I'll mention, you know, boy, this, you know, this, this specific, this specific card, uh, set is underrated because it's got this, you know, this guy's working. And wouldn't you know it, of course, all that stuff has happened, you know? Uh, right the robinson cards have gone through the roof and the mickey mantle cards and uh you know babe ruth certain babe ruth cards i remember writing about you know the fact that i thought that there were a lot of secondary babe ruth cards that were you know overlooked um and of course never took action on it never went out and bought tons of them you know i bought the jackie robinson cards uh, about two years ago, but I didn't, you know, it was, <laughs> I, if I'd have taken my own advice, I'd be a lot better off than I would now. But in terms of, you know, in terms of just uh, how it's impacted my collecting, I think the just writing about this stuff constantly um, has definitely made me smarter. You know, I, I thought mm-hmm. I was a pretty knowledgeable collector back when I started this 16 years ago. I'm way more knowledgeable now about a lot of different things. Not to say I know everything. By all means, there's guys who specialize and specialize in, in certain eras or certain sets, you know, especially the pre-war guys that know this this stuff inside and out. And I feel pretty clueless, you know, even though I understand a lot more than I did. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's really impacted my collecting. I think I, I, I am smarter at times and I, I know a little bit more about, uh, a lot of sets and I can kind of understand, um, you know, kind of where the market is, but whether that does anything for my collection or not? I don't know. I'm kind of an old school guy when it comes to that stuff. I, I've never done, been a lot of uh, speculating on cards, and I'm. Mm-hmm. Nervous. I think you know, i I think the most I've ever spent on a card is about five thousand dollars, and that's pretty rare. Um, so it's. I, I'm really, I'm not one of those guys that's going to go out and roll the dice on a twenty thousand dollar card in hopes that it's worth thirty thousand dollars a year from now. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm always a little nervous, a little hesitant to do that. But um, I, I probably shouldn't have been in the past. I probably should have found. Some uh, some courage and gone out and done all that stuff because I would have been better off. But uh, I'm still not one of those guys who looks at his collection and says, you know, what's it worth? I I see so much of that now. Some of the younger, uh, I shouldn't say necessarily younger, but a lot of them are, um, you know, people that come into this and, you know, it's just a big flip game, Um, and that's kind of discouraging. I hope that you know we find more ways to for people to be collectors that are coming into this and then guys who just kind of want to, or women that just want to come in and make money at it. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of one of those people that if the bottom completely fell out and my cards weren't worth anything, would it be a little bit discouraging? Of course, but, it, it, I would still collect it still wouldn't impact what I do at all. um you know if if we kind of stop focusing on on the money aspect of it because I love the cards. you know, I love the history of it and I, I love sports history and it's all works into that so um at, at at the heart of it, that's still what I am as kind of the old school guy with the binders on the show
0: It's like uh Michael Jordan with his uh infamous rookie contract where he had a love of the game clause where he could uh basically play anytime anywhere he wanted uh, without, without consequence. So that's you, you're a for love of the game guy. Um, all right, before I let you go, a three prong question, it's more, it's content stuff, put on your seatbelt. Where do you see hobby content going? Where do you want to see it go? And how will all of this impact the future plans for sports collectors daily?
1: Uh, well, I, I think there's no doubt there's a lot more of it out there. Uh, and there's a lot more of it to consume. Some people don't want to read much. They're not readers. Um, mm-hmm. My wife is not a reader. Um, but, <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are. Um, but if you're not a reader, certainly there's a lot more options out there that that there were then there were even five or six years ago with all the podcasts
0: hosted by very handsome gentlemen such as myself i that's from Chicago
1: um <laughs> you know it's it's a lot of different ways to to do it and i think that's good um I, I, I think it's good because the volume of information out there i just hope that what that what that information is is being well researched and it's being presented in a format That's not just ripping off what you read on some other blog somewhere. I'm seeing a lot of that uh, where people are just doing these Instagram videos and they're just taking stuff that was out there three or four years ago and they're making it sound like, you know, they came up with this story and they're the the source of it. You know, credit where you found the information, first of all, and number two, Mm -hmm. make sure it's hacked. Um, and you've got a lot of people out there that are producing content that are not journalists. They're they're not they're just and that, nothing not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, if you want to sound like Jerry Seinfeld, but you know it, it, <laughs> it it's it's okay. And you know it's a free country. You can do it. But I hope that the people that are consuming this stuff understand that you know don't take everything you see. Um, at its at its whole, because it's it, there may be a you know motivation there. They may just be doing it for clicks. They may be just doing it because um, you know they can earn revenue from these new videos and that sort of thing. Um, and I hope I'm not getting off the track here, but that's one of my concerns about what's what's going on is is that there's a lot of stuff out there that's you know some of it's half truth, some of it's not true at all, um, yeah. and some of it's well done. Some of it's really well done. Some of the original content I saw coming out of the national um, you know video content that sort of thing is is quite well done. Um, And so I I think, you know, that's probably, um, you know, my hope is that a lot of the the things that are out there, that people will take time and do it the right way and make sure that the information that they have is honest and good and true. Um, You know, and I think that's probably from a content perspective, I think there's still room for good blogs, um, because that stuff lives forever. You know, it, it, it's Google loves well-written stories. And even if you're not doing what I do, if you're, if you're a a website, if you're selling cards on a website or whatever, do a blog, you know, write, write a blog. It doesn't have to be six, seven paragraphs or whatever, but do it a lot, you know, do it a couple of times a week, you know, your thoughts on the national your thoughts on the, um, you know, some certain new set that's come out or uh, Julio Rodriguez rookie cards, or your thoughts mm-hmm. on Babe Ruth's best card, just do something, you know, because there's still always a, a call for good quality content by people who know what they're doing. You know, if you're a really respected, uh, collector or, um, knowledgeable collector uh, or dealer in certain, boy, there's a lot of room for that, you know, and I see a lot of dealer websites that they don't really, um, you know, it's just this, they've got a sales platform, but there's nothing else there. You know, if you could right. put it whether it's on Facebook, whether it's a blog, whether it's an Instagram post, whatever, share your knowledge. You know, uh, there's, there's always room for people that know what they're, uh, know what they're doing enough to put it, you know, into a form that other people can consume it. Cause that's good overall for the, for the hobby. Um, you know, and I, in terms of how this affects us, I, you know, I, this is our niche. You know, this is what I do is to cover what's going on in the, in the market, um, and the hobby every, every day. And, and I'm going to continue doing that, whether that leads somewhere else, I'm open to suggestions, you know, from people that are, that think we, you know, maybe should do this and do that, um, in terms of different ways to, to produce content. Um, but between our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, and our website, you know, I hope we're you know, putting some things out there that people can, um, you know, trust in, and come every day and and hopefully get something out of it. Even if they don't read every story, I certainly don't expect people to do that, but hopefully there's something out there on a regular basis that they can, that they can consume and and enjoy and know that we're going to be there doing this kind of stuff, uh, you know, as time goes on. So, um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know know, whether the, whether some of this new stuff will affect us or not, but um, you know, it's, you kind of have to do what you do and just do it well. That's, that's always been my philosophy.
0: Now y'all know why I call this gentleman the Professor Emeritus of the hobby. Rich Miller, thank you so much for your time.
1: Glad to do it, Alan, anytime.
0: Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady Playoff Contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post-cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing, Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year-plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports card graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit csgcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldcher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at
1: collectthiscsgcards.com.